So I had like manila folders just full of code that I would print out and I would go through it and say, what does this do? Why, why is this? This is repeated over here. Why is this? What is, what is a, a variable? What is a, an array? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Awesoming's podcast, where we highlight people pursuing their definition of, you guessed it, awesome. So buckle up and get ready for some more success story adventures and failures from Kentucky's tech and entrepreneur community. Hey guys, thanks for tuning back into this episode of The Awesomeing Podcast. I've never done that before, Justin. No, so that was great. Thanks, thanks. You're a natural. I appreciate it. So first off, if you're not following or subscribing or whatever, ing verb, please do that so that way you get to be notified on all the most recent episodes. We're getting a lot of sweet content. Today, I have the pleasure of, drumroll wherever you are, please. That was great. Sitting down with Justin... Delirious Hall. That's not his middle name. Justin Hall. He is our lead Awesome Ink U instructor, encourager, cheerleader, slash whatever other encouraging adjective you can throw in the mix. He is just one heck of a guy. Oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You deserve it. And this episode is going to be picking back up with where we left off with Nick Such, director of Awesome Ink U. And Justin is one, one cool guy. He's got a great story. I'm going to shut up here in a second after I finish this thought. Justin comes from Eastern Kentucky, was not a developer for a while, and then learned how to be a developer. Now he teaches people the same skill set that he learned as a, guess what, a grown-up. So it's never too late <laughs> to learn. So Justin, I just want you to know that I appreciate you and our friendship. And then here we go. We're going to have some fun talking about Awesome Q. So Justin, please give a, a quick background of who you are, yeah. why people flock to you, oh. and uh, yeah, and what you do here at Awesome Inc. Cool, man. Well, all of those were wonderful things that you said about me, and I appreciate that. Um, one of the things that uh, I do at Awesome Inc. is I'm the lead developer of the Web Developer Bootcamp, lead instructor. Um, and I help people go from zero to 60. That they uh, come in, they don't really understand how the soup is made, and we teach not only how it's made, but how you can make it. And then once they uh, graduate, they are entering the job market. And so we also place them and help them find jobs. That was really concise. Job well <laughs> that's, done. That's an elevator speech. That's good. You've done it many a time. <laughs> so Justin, quick background about yourself. Again, I, I did say you're from Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. Would you mind leaning into that? And then what you did before, and I'm going to give it away here with BitSource, but yeah. again, you're from your roots, what you used to do, and then maybe a bit of the BitSource background. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so I grew up in Eastern Kentucky. Um a little holler called Biggs Branch. A little holler. Yeah, that's right. And that's how you say it. It's not hollow. But anyways, um, and then I moved um, to Elkhorn City, where I graduated uh, high school. And it's kind of funny. There's a city in the middle of the mountains. But um, I graduated high school there in 93, which is, oh my gosh, more than 10 years ago. And um, I went to Pikeville College, which is uh, in Pike County in Eastern Kentucky. And I majored in art. <laughs> no, not teaching art, <laughs> just art. And it was before Photoshop, so it's not even digital. Uh, it was oils and uh, watercolor, acrylics, those kind of things. So, you know, just like the masters would do, right? Um, and so I just needed a Sistine Chapel to go paint, but there aren't any. So I had to pivot and find something else to do. 
uh, around 98, 99, <clears throat> I started to get into web. I, I was actually selling uh, services like pagers. <laughs> and before uh, there were cell phones, there were bag phones and what, what was called Internet access. So we had Internet access. It's 56K modem Internet speeds. So I sold that. And what that did is that kind of led me down a path of getting an understanding of how websites work, because each person that signed up for um, the 56K access, uh, they got a free uh, spot on the server. And so they could host HTML pages. Um, I kind of took that and ran with it. And once I uh, went down that road of HTML, CSS, JavaScript, servers, I, I said, hey, I want to do this for real. You know, uh, I want to get paid to do this. And so around 2000, um, I hadn't really yet learned how to code. I was mostly trying. Uh, I went through a little uh, problem with a, a back injury. And because of that, um, I lost a job and I wasn't able to to really do much. I was pretty much on the floor, uh, unable to move. Nobody could tell me what was wrong. And so it forced me to make a pivot. Uh, during that time when I was unable to work and unable to, to walk, really, um, I learned how to code. I put my computer beside of me in the floor and uh, tried to do everything I could. I searched for code that was out there on the Internet, which there wasn't much at that time. It was before, let's just say this, it was BG before Google, and there was nothing, right? BG, that's a, <laughs> that's a great timestamp in our history. Yeah, um, and so before then, you know, before Google, um, it was really difficult to find, there wasn't a density like there is today. Sure. And so uh, I, I tried to get everything I could. I had books, I've ordered some books uh, from Amazon, actually, which is kind of funny. Um, and the code that I would find, I would print out. So I had like manila folders just full of code that I would print out and I would go through it and say, what does this do? Why, why is this? This is repeated over here. Why is this? What is, what is a, a variable? What is a, an array? And I started to get um, more knowledgeable about it. Uh, I started using those resources less and, and just kind of depending on my imagination. Um, long story short, I moved to Lexington, Kentucky in 2001 and um, started a business. And uh, from there, I've worked for Fortune 500 companies, nonprofits, uh, startups. I had a, my, a couple of startups of my own. Um, and I've just been around it uh, so long that I've almost forgotten some of the things I've done. But I really enjoy it because one thing it did is is it captivated my imagination. Um, and, and it kind of instilled a, a path that I needed to go down. So, yeah, I'm self-taught. And now I'm in Lexington full time. Um, and I own a business where I do some consulting on the side. And, of course, my home here is Awesome Inc. Hoorah, baby. That was awesome, Justin. Thanks for that. Yeah. Jay, after hearing a lot of your background, it is, it's no secret that you are well-versed. You got, you got a lot of experience and we're super grateful for you. You mentioned it at the very beginning of this conversation when you said, hey, you know, here's the elevator speech. So what does being a lead instructor for a boot camp program look like on a, on a daily basis? On a daily basis? Yeah. Um, so like for right now, we're in like week 
eight. We'll, we'll call it, we call it sprint. We have a sprint. Okay. So it's uh, the eighth sprint and um, they're learning back in. And so in the morning we start out with some warmups and we call them katas, you know, just like in karate, right? <gasps> yeah. And no kicks are thrown. Um, but we do have, uh, it is challenging to make it through and solve some of these problems because these are the same problems you're going to solve when you go work somewhere. Um, the rest of the day, we kind of have some sessions in the morning to teach you a new concept. And then we have objectives in the afternoon that you're trying to use those skills that you've learned, these new um, uh, understandings that the katas bring out and that the objectives uh, are around certain um, uh, challenges. And so uh, that's pretty much a day. And then usually there's some project work. And then on a Friday, for example, um, we have what's called demo day. We have a demo every Friday. And what it is is everybody kind of brings everything that they've learned. Um, and it can be a little different. Everyone's different. And so they're, uh, the demo day is kind of like stone soup. Everybody's bringing something. And what it really is is it's not a due date. It's just it's a time to share. And so when you've learned something and you share that, more than likely the other people in the group uh, are going to be affected by that. And they get the, the benefit of you going down that path or you being the canary in the coal mine and coming back and saying, hey, here, here's look what I found. And so we have 13 right now that do that every Friday. And everybody walks away with something that they learned during that session, not just during the week. Yeah, so a day in the life kind of uh, for them on a Friday is uh, demo day. Uh, then they go through some takeaways, things that they learned during demo day, feedback that we've given them, feedback that their peers have given them. Okay, and then um, then we move into some job search um, uh, exercises, and then we have a retro. And our retro is kind of like anybody that understands agile development. We're in an agile learning environment. And we do a retro and we look back at, hey, this week, this sprint, what did we learn? What do we want to keep doing? What do we never want to do again? And what do we want to bake into our DNA so that we have it forever? Because really, once we get, once they get out of the boot camp, they're lifelong learners. Technology changes so often. And once you understand how the soup is made and you understand how programming works, it doesn't really matter what language you use or what tech stack you use. You're always going to have those fundamentals where you can pivot into other things. So as technology grows, as you've seen now, used to be websites were the thing. Well, now you can make a website like that. And so uh, without with very little code, they call that like a low code solution. So developers have to kind of look, okay, what's next? What do we work on? And because they have those fundamentals, they're going to be able to do that. They learn how to learn a programming language. Hmm. Nick definitely said the exact same thing <laughs> last episode. Don't know if you've listened, but they, that, that's, that's helpful just to realize that to hear this, it's great because I work most of the time in a different part of our company. And when I, to consolidate what I just heard, we, we help people learn a new skill set. We, we help them practice it that same week. They showcase their work. They get peer review, which is probably more important, to be honest. And then we help them get all the, gain all this experience to then get a job all in the same go around, which is pretty sweet, while helping them learn how to essentially think for you know, the next step of their life. So we're just a passing through point. I think that's really cool. So Justin, you, you came from an art background. 
Uh, and by the way, Justin has some fantastic art, especially <laughs> Star Wars related. I'm a big fan. Justin, you have done this yourself. You learned how to code. You mentioned it previously that, you know, you'd have folders printed out with code and you're like, what is this? Like, oh, a functional loop, you know, all this. So how, how can people come without any experience? Sure. Maybe other than knowing how to open their computer and log in and, you know, work in Microsoft or Google Sheets or something. How can they learn how to program with with our team like what is it that we actually do what is it that you do with uh again the other instructors yeah to help people with no experience become proficient in 16 weeks yeah well to start off um we set some basic guidelines and standards uh and one of those is like we want to have high culture like we want to have a relationship with everybody that walks in the door. And one of the reasons why is because I can relate to them. I know where they are. They've got this desire. There's something foggy out there that they know if I just did this thing, I could improve my life. I could improve my position. But they don't know what it is yet. And they don't know how to approach it, right, how to attack it. That was my problem. Uh, I, it took me a couple of years, actually, to, to make a lot of really good momentum. You know, we do this now in 16 weeks. In 16 weeks. Yeah. And so when people come and they're ready, uh, it's kind of like we're planting the seed and they're the, the, the soil that is ready to, you know, um, to bear some fruit there. And so how do we do that? Well, we bring them in, we talk about culture, and then we have a working environment. And when you when you buy into that, okay, uh, you see the benefit. You see uh, changing changes happening week by week. Um, it's interesting. We have the retro. Somebody will always say, "I can't believe that five days ago I didn't know how to do this," and that's their Monday, right? So every Monday they come in, and we have sort of a metaphor that we uh, talk about, and it's sort of like you're coding. It's, it's kind of like you're running up against um, a, a decision that you need to make. And we, we talk about it, and it's you're jumping off of a cliff. So this is the cliff of confusion, and you don't know what you're looking at, but you know you need to jump. Well, how far down is it? Am I going to land? Is, is it going to be rough? And once you're down at the bottom of that cliff, it's the desert of despair that you got to walk through. But it's your path. And when you're being equipped with our coaches and our instructors and the content that we have, you make it out of that. And you do what's called the upswing of awesome. And, and once you're, and I'm seeing people right now uh, in our current boot camp go through that. Uh, at the beginning of the week, they're like lost. And if they trust the process, if they trust what the culture that we've put um, uh, into this boot camp and in the program, and if they trust what we're saying as instructors, um, they can make it through that desert of despair and hit that upswing of awesome and then be able to get a job. While you were saying all that, my mind, my mind went to Indiana Jones and the last crusade where, you know, he takes that leap of faith, that step on the, the, the stone bridge or, you know, whatever that looks. That's perfect. Blend in, yeah. Blends in. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's good stuff. I, it's funny to hear, it's funny to hear you talk about culture. Again, I know you're you're running somewhat lean, you know, with yeah. a group from ten to fifteen size, yeah. size wise, and I w I would I'd be willing to put some money on the table. All right, I'll, <laughs> I'll put some money on the table that when people think of developers, they probably don't necessarily think of culture. Yeah, they think of these the stigmas, like the crazy hair, the hoodies, the computers. You know, 
but we're working with people through yeah. an entire change. And you know, what's funny is, so this is fall 2021 when we're, when we're recording this, this group in, in 10 years, they're still going to think back to this building, 348 East Main Street in Lexington, Kentucky. They're going to think of the other 12 people that came through the same boot camp with them. Yeah. So again, culture is a huge thing. That's so sweet. It is. Um, and you know, this is the, I think the fifth year anniversary of, of the first boot camp that they had. Wow. And so, you know, not only uh, do we have over a hundred people that have gone through the boot camp, um, we've sort of developed in a way a bond between a lot of those. Uh, we have some outings sometimes and people come by and it's, it's great to meet people you haven't seen in a while. It's great for uh, the boot campers that are going through the current boot camp to meet with previous boot campers. Uh, all that's really important, and that's culture, uh, because once what happens is, is when a boot camper goes out in the community and gets a job, let's say it's at a brand new place that's never hired our developers before, uh, then we have a connection there. And um, as long as we are producing quality products, that will continue to happen. And our product is really, they're our developers. So, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting uh, to see that, to see them change and, and, and be a part of that. That's good. Uh, also one of the things with working in the, in the tech scene is you gotta, st- you know, you gotta stay relevant with the times and you have a, a much better understanding. Cause obviously you, you lead people in this area. How, how do you stay relevant with times? So when a code changes or sorry, when a, when a language maybe becomes outdated and you say, Oh, like, Hey, we're gonna use cobalt. We're gonna use Python or whatever. How do you know how to integrate that to to the core team to then teach the boot campers, but then maybe something like a framework or? Well, yeah. I, I think that's uh, I think the way to answer that is to kind of look uh, and look at computers and uh, computer science, um, the history. You know, who first made computers? Who first worked on those computers? What was a computer back then? Um, I mean, we read the pragmatic programmer in the um, uh, in the boot camp. And the person that wrote it wasn't a programmer first. <laughs> they did something else. They did something with their hand, maybe even maybe even some blue collar work, right? And it's so computers are just another way to another tool to solve a problem. So as you're going forward, you want the right tool for the right problem. And it's just like that with any coding language or platform. It's will it um, will it be a sufficient tool? to allow me to solve a problem. And so, yeah, languages kind of do that. They, they, they live, they die. I'll tell you one that I programmed a lot in, uh, was flash, uh, from Macromedia. Um, and actually Macromedia was purchased by Adobe. Um, so that's how Adobe, um, owned, uh, flash, uh, the technology. And I remember when Bill Gates, uh, or not Bill Gates, but, uh, Steve Jobs, had a letter about why Flash would never be on the iPad. And and I had clients that were using the code that I wrote in Flash. And so it was it was like at that moment I knew, okay, I'm gonna have to pivot because this iPad thing is cool and it's gonna grow and grow and grow. And if I don't adapt with the times and the changes, these customers are gonna go somewhere else. And so uh for me, I had to uh, I had to pivot. I had to adapt to something else. And a lot of times 
people think, well, that's not very efficient. You're supposed to learn something in college and use it for the rest of your life. It's like, ah, that's not realistic anymore. Today, we move so fast. Um, things move so fast. We have uh, we have a lot going on in our society, and we have a lot going on in the world where people are using technology to solve problems. And so if you can't adapt with that, if you can't learn and, and adapt, then it's really hard to survive as a developer. That's why the boot camp is important, is because we teach you how to adapt. We teach you how to be agile, an agile learner. And um, yeah, and it's a better product because now you're not only fit for the first language, but that may that may go out in two or three years. They all go through some iteration. So even in React, which is what we teach in the boot camp, uh, it's a framework for JavaScript. And and basically React is um, constantly being developed. So it has constant iterations. And so really, even if you call it one language, it's kind of like, like we said, we're looking back, we had to iterate, we had to iterate on all these different things. And we're continuing to do that. And we're always going to do that. Have you guys ever been in a, in a position where you are maybe midway through a boot camp and you think, oh man, we're teaching them something that's outdated? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had that uh, happen um, a couple of boot camps ago. Uh, we always see our tech stack. And, uh, you know, now there used to be like this full stack developer. Well, now it's which stack because there's so many. Um, and so, but they all share very similar uh, concepts and, and they all share very uh, similar ways to engage. And so, uh, yeah, we we teach Laravel, which is a back-end framework um, in, in Linux, PHP, MySQL. That's the, the tech stack there. Um, and we had an upgrade in Laravel. It went from like uh, 7 to 8, and it was a major shift. And so all the videos that we had, all the content that we had, we had to look over that in a matter of, you know, like days, and and make changes and put in oh yeah okay this is what it used to be now this is what it is and so we've had things uh to change like that and we're almost expecting the change to happen uh and and so we have you know procedures now that makes it a little bit easier easier on the uh, student when that happens and easier on the boot camp but those are definite challenges that we have uh and we solve them just like you would when you go to a job so I love the challenges because it gives us a chance to model it. And um, yeah, we've done that a time or two. That's so good. <laughs> Justin, last question before we wrap up. Based off that last answer, why would you say it is important to be able to code, especially right now where we are? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we want to call it the golden age of programming or computer science. I don't think we're in the golden age. I think we're kind of like in this still kind of prehistoric almost um, but it's the new language. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about the future of work. There's a lot of talk about how to adapt. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite analogies is a, a favorite movie of mine. And it's, um, uh, with Matthew, uh, McConaughey and he's the, uh, it's interstellar. Okay. And he's kind of like this character that he understands ag and ag tech because obviously he's a farmer. And he understands machines. He understands how to how to work with robots and machines. Uh, and he also knows code because he's able to like take down that drone in the beginning. Nobody really 
gets that about that character. Uh, so he has a lot of skills and abilities. And if you think about it, when our information becomes so freely available, like it's becoming today, um, tomorrow it's going to even be more available. I think we could really have people that are workers um, that are in ag tech and they are able to code and they're able to do things on the fly with their machines and with their tech stack. Um, the same, I don't know if like maybe a, um, um, uh, a massage therapist would do something like that, but you know, there are jobs that I could see where you have an and it's, you have an, you're a knowledge expert, you're an understanding, uh, you know, complex things within that vertical and you know how to do tech, whether it's a low code solution or whether it's actual code, you know, it's, it's JavaScript or, uh, or Java, right? I think that's what it's going to be. And so to me, learning to code is really, really important. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're an educator, I, I think it needs to be some, on somebody's uh, horizon of things that they learn. Good stuff. Good stuff. Jay, last question. You know, I haven't said it once. Jay Hall, Jay Hall. <laughs> no, no, that's your nickname. Uh, last question. I'm going to try to, I want, I want this to be a bit different. I usually ask people for the final question, hey, how can someone support your business sure. when I'm talking with a startup? And with Nick, I, I asked, I think something, something along the lines of, hey, how can people find out more information? You, on the other hand, are walking on a, you know, Monday through Friday. So pretty much most day-to-day -day life with the boot campers as they're learning a new skill set. What would you say for any prospective company who wants to hire junior developers? Yeah. Listening to this, what would you say to them? Uh, come to demo day. Um, one of the reasons why I think our boot camp uh, is successful is because we show how it works. We're not only talk about it, or we we don't have a lot of theory. I guess that we try to push our narrative. Right? We don't have we don't push narrative. We push. Hey, we can do this. Uh, it's about our actions, and so I want them to come and see them in action. And uh, I think a. Any kind of business that's looking for, well, you have to have a CS degree and you have to have all these requirements. Really, what I think people are looking for is someone that is willing to adapt and change and sit there that, uh, you know, on a chair in front of the computer and solve something where uh, somebody else may look at it in two seconds and leave. That's sort of a, a botched uh, quote from Malcolm Gladwell, but it's true. We want somebody that is capable, that is able, and that will fight through that you know problem and solve it. And I think that's what uh, we show at Demo Day. We show, hey, here's how we came from zero to sixty, and you know it's a it's a great place. It's a great way to uh, be able to see uh, our product. That's great stuff, Justin. Appreciate the time, brother. Thank you very much. I appreciate uh, being able to come on and chat. Well, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Awesomings Podcast. And another quick thank you to Lee Rosevere and a few members from our community who provide the music that you hear in this show. Lastly, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz. Or even better, come on down to our space. Come be a part of our community and get plugged in. And let's start something awesome together. You guys rock. We'll see you next time.